Hello everyone. I hope you all are doing well. This is the Turks and Chaos podcast and we are heading into episode 30. Is this our new normal? There's been an energy shift. Can you feel it? The sun is out. The weather is warming up. Everyone is out protesting. They're ready to get back to normal life. They're ready to get back to work. They're ready to go and live out their normal. But what does that mean, normal? And what will it look like when the shelter in place is lifted across the states? I have a feeling that we will be social distancing long into the summer and fall, possibly. That means our outings will, the outings we take will be outdoor adventures. I don't see places like Chuck E. Cheese opening up immediately. And even if they did, I know I'm not going to be rushing out into high traffic areas like that with my family right away. It's going to take a while for me to feel comfortable going out like we did until things steady out and this is behind us. When there is definitive research and statistics for this and a universal course of treatment, I'll feel better about getting back to normal. I see myself having Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer with me for life, to be honest. I see myself wiping things down that come into the house probably forever. What I am going to do, though, is a summer wish list of outdoor activities and places I want to visit when we can get out of the house. When some of this is lifted and we can kind of feel free to go where we please. I can't wait until I can see my grandpa. I can't wait until we can go camping, hiking, be able to go to the beach, have a picnic somewhere, have a gathering, even if just meeting someone else at a park. I'm going to write down all the things to look forward to this summer when hopefully we will be able to be outside again. And then I'll post it up so I can use it as a visual for our light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. Something to look forward to and get excited for when the stay in place is lifted. I do think it's too soon to plan any vacations or to think about dining at a restaurant because we just don't know timelines for those things. My mom was saying that she sees restaurants being a place that people with money go to when we are able to get back out, like how it used to be back in the day. She thinks the restaurants will have to raise their prices to make up for the reduction to capacity to meet the social distancing guidelines laid out for them. So most of these restaurants, to meet that, they'll have to have, like, they'll have to remove 50% of their tables. And, I mean, that just cuts, like, half their margins. So, yes, that's possible that they will raise their prices to kind of make up for that so that they stay afloat. Um, I'm not a fan of restaurants, like dining at a restaurant, so it won't affect me. I prefer taking food to go and eating in a quiet place, but I know it's going to be a big deal for others, especially for restaurant owners. Dang, my heart goes out to everyone in the food service and hospitality industries right now. I will be praying for you. How about school? What is school going to look like? They haven't said how they will implement distancing inside the classrooms, but they have mentioned that... That's a piece of the puzzle in order for the shelter in place to be lifted, here in California at least. So how will they do that? How will they implement social distancing as we head back to school? I read there may be different schedules, like some students will go in the morning and then there will be a second shift of kids that go in for the afternoon. Maybe it'll be a mix of distance learning and on-site learning. Maybe they'll just continue on with distance learning if it works out well for the rest of the year. I saw an article stating New Jersey students may have to return to school wearing masks or, you know, when they return to school, they'll have to be wearing masks. But I don't see elementary age kids being able to keep the masks on. So who knows what they'll decide. All I know is that I'm preparing myself for distance learning to continue on through the fall as well. 
if they end up going back, that is great, but I'm not counting on it yet. I really haven't heard anything hopeful regarding kids going back to school, and they suspect COVID-19 will act like the flu, and it'll come back in the fall, even if it subsides in the summer months. Um, even if that is, you know, that's a topic that nobody can agree on, whether it will go away when it gets hot or what. And if that's the case, then they want to be ready with a system to turn it back on, the stay-in-place order, if the cases explode again at that time. So really, prepare yourself now for anything. Who the heck knows what the future holds for us? I'm preparing for the worst, which in my eyes is that the kids will continue with distance learning next year. Things are just so unknown at this moment. Better to be prepared than taken off guard later. I mean, who would have thought that we'd be on a nationwide lockdown because of a virus? Who would have thought that schools would close for the rest of the year? It's crazy. I mean, no, I could have never imagined this January when I was stoked for the year and I was saying, come on, guys, we have to be positive about the years. We can't be complaining about years, year after year. And I feel like this was the test. Okay, don't complain about this year because I've been out there saying, don't complain about the year. Make the most of it. So I think it's really, you know, I have to practice what I preach and I just have to try to find, you know, the opportunity in this, the, the golden nugget of this all. Uh, my kids and I are starting to get the hang of distance learning, and I am pleased that the school work takes up a big chunk of the day because I know my son isn't just wasting away his day on video games. He's still learning and interacting with his teachers. He isn't grumbling anymore like he was, but we do have to spread the work out when he needs a break, which is, you know, he'll, he'll do a couple pieces of work and then he'll be like, all right, I need a break. And then I'll say, all right, I think your break's been long enough now. Get back over here. Um, so work that could be done in one or two hours is spread out over six. So it does take up like my whole day. And that's okay with me as long as he finishes the work for the day before dinner. My younger son, he's in first grade. My older's in third. Um, he's in first grade. He has a packet of work each week where they ask him to do two pages for language arts and two pages for math and then to do his math and language arts apps on the iPad for 30 minutes each. I am struggling with him. He doesn't even have a lot of work, but he fights what little work he does have tooth and nail. The work isn't graded and he doesn't talk to his teachers at all. They don't check in or grade the work like my third grade te my third graders teachers do. Um, the third grade teachers are doing a phenomenal job as far as putting together a good lesson plan and making those instructional videos on Loom and hopping on video conferences on Zoom to check in each week. And his work is graded and he has to fix what isn't correct or finished. I like that they are holding him accountable. I feel like kids really need that. Since my younger son doesn't have that, he just doesn't care. He has no motivation. However, I was informed last week that that will be changing next week. So they will have video instruction. They will have to attend for both teachers, like live videos. And their work will be checked for participation, which will be what they are graded on. It's tricky to juggle the work for multiple kids, though, because they need help and they're working on different things. So I can't teach them both at the same time. I have to hop back and forth all day long. And once they get a better hang on the technology, I think it'll be smoother but just trying to learn the different apps like Google Classroom and Loom and Zoom and how to edit online and, you know, do your work 
in on the iPad and then turn it in and watch the videos and slides and stuff, it's mildly overwhelming. And then you have to, you know, there's like a million different apps that you have to log into and what's the password for this? All right, well, we have to go over to the parent app and see where they posted those. It's just a lot at first. Oh my gosh. The first thing I've learned, the the best thing I've learned through all of this is to just keep a good attitude and stay optimistic. I was complaining so hard over distance learning the first week or two of it. I didn't understand it. It was frustrating. The common core, you just want to be like, why do they teach this way? Ah, I just wanted to throw in the towel. But now I've got the hang of it better. And I appreciate the opportunity to learn new skills through this experience. I know how to work Google Classroom now and how to do other things virtually. My kids are learning computer skills through this, which will be highly beneficial for them. So let's all just focus on the good that is coming out of this instead of the negative aspects. I think that's really important. I hope you guys are doing well with the homeschool distance learning gig. It is hard. It is hard. For children that are not used to learning at home, it's difficult to suddenly be teaching them at home and expect them to, you know, get to work every day when home is the place where they kind of just are able to be themselves, to do what they want, you know, to go play with their toys, to hang out. And now all of a sudden, there has to be some sense of order, their school has to be done at home, and it's it's a little bit of a transition, you know? And they, my kids do. They miss their teachers. They miss their friends. They miss having someone to talk Pokemon with and play catch with and run around. You know, I'm fortunate because I have three kids, so I have a little bit, you know, they can entertain themselves. Um, my heart goes out to those of you that have only children right now, because I bet it's a little bit more difficult. I'm sure they get very lonely. But I know that even my kids, even though they have each other, they still are pretty lonely. They miss their friends. They miss hanging out. Earth Day is coming up this Wednesday, the 22nd. It's the 50th anniversary. So what better time than now to do a special Earth Day celebration and fun projects and activities with your kids? You know, when the stay in place was ordered, the earth started to heal those first couple weeks. It didn't have the cars on the roads or the airplanes in the sky or the cruise ships in the oceans. The atmosphere was almost completely healed. That little hole we had, it was almost completely healed. Our skies looked great. You know, they were saying how well the earth has been doing with the break from all of the people running out and about. Then you begin to see gloves littered in the parking lot of your communities and then masks. You've seen the pictures on Facebook of the ocean and all of the gloves and masks that have been found in the ocean and on the beaches. Now I hear people say they even see the gloves and the masks thrown on walking paths. Come on now, people. This is exactly why Earth Day is a thing. It's those people who don't care about finding a garbage can because someone is paid to pick it up. But instead, it ends up in the ocean or affecting the wildlife in your area. 
We proved to ourselves that we are capable of massive change when we saw that the earth was capable of healing given the chance, given the opportunity. So this Earth Day, celebrate the earth and be an advocate for our planet. Teach your kids the importance of recycling, of not littering, of living a sustainable life, of being mindful of consuming too much plastic and paper products you know try to cut it down instill good habits of bringing your own reusable produce bags instead of grabbing the plastic bags each time it might not be you know i know that a lot of stores say don't bring your bags right now but man when you can use your bags bring them buy bulk instead of individually packaged foods Find reusable sandwich bags instead of plastic zip baggies. I have some great ones I found at Target not too long ago that come in snack sizes and sandwich sizes. They work great. One major change for me is that I love buying thrifted clothes. I don't buy new for everything, only when I need to, like undies, bras, socks, or, you know, if I really need a nice new pair of jeans, then I'll go buy a pair of jeans. But I love going to a thrift store and finding awesome brands that I would never have purchased and outside of finding it at the thrift store and then falling in love with it. I love that these clothes get another life instead of ending up in the landfill. I love that I save a ton of money and then I don't have to worry about clothes shrinking or getting ruined while adventuring with my kids because I know that it lived a good life and I didn't spend a ton of money on it. When thrift stores open back up, I'll definitely be sanitizing more thoroughly than I would have before this, but man, I can't wait until thrift stores are open again. What can you do on Earth Day this year? Well, you can head over to earthday.org and see what classes and speakers will be talking in your area and when their digital event will take place, what time on that day. They also have a bunch of other stuff. There's a take action button where you can do various things like um, download an app and be a part of helping them collect data for pollution. You could just take a picture of your sky and send it in. Um, but there's a, there's just a ton of information over there. So I'd head on over to earthday.org if you want to check those out. You can clean up litter on your daily walk. Be sure to wear gloves and bring a bag to collect the garbage. A grabber tool would be best if you have one. You can go for a nature scavenger hunt. You could look for wildflowers, insects, rocks, lemon trees, whatever is abundant in your area right now. You can plant a tree, start a garden if you haven't already. Maybe you've planted veggies already, but not flowers. Well, start a flower garden for butterflies, bees, and ladybugs. Think reusable. I started saving containers that I typically would have thrown away. And I'll be showing them to my kids and asking them to think up new ways to repurpose the various containers to give them new life instead of throwing them away. A lot of those plastic containers, they really can't be recycled. There's a small amount of plastic that you send off that can actually be recycled. So I had some Play-Doh cups from when the dough dried out. And instead of throwing it out, I thought these would make great water cups for painting. They have lids if I want to store little googly eyes or sequins or glitter you know you can do a ton of projects with empty paper towel rolls i also have those lunch meat containers the plastic ones with lids i'm currently using them as seed starters though which most of my plastic has ended up being some sort of planter pot for my seedlings i needed stakes for my pea plant and i had some branches from our grape plants when we prune them that were dried out 
they make the best organic steaks for my plants to vine up. So encourage your children to look around and see what could be repurposed. What has another use to it? You know, you don't always have to go out and buy new. What can you use around you for a project, for fun, for a toy, for a tool? Um, As always, Pinterest has an endless list of ideas of projects, crafts, lessons. So check it out and make this Earth Day a great one. I hope you guys are hanging in there. I pray this is over soon. I hope everyone is healthy and safe and with their loved ones. I hope you're not struggling. And again, you can head over to my, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram at Turks and Chaos Podcast. You can head on over to my website, turks-chaos.com. Oh, and I have an exciting announcement. I just finished my ebook and got it posted. So if you head over to turks-chaos.com on my website, on the homepage, you'll see my ebook. It's called Happy Mom at Home. It's a book for moms giving my tips on how to be a happier stay-at-home mom. And I did not plan this to be released during a shelter-in-place where you're all stuck at home. (laughs) But it just so happened that I had some extra time and I got it finished up and published. So go on and check that out. All right, you guys. Have a wonderful week. And that's it for this episode. If you like this episode please leave a review. It'll help me get noticed on Apple podcast. It'll help people find me. So if you enjoy this podcast and it helps you out, go ahead and leave a review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I would be very grateful for that. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you next week.